You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everyone. Tim McMaster here along with our MLB.com Mets reporter, Anthony DeComo. And, Anthony, things continue to be kind of quiet around the New York Mets. Obviously, the big signing of Ioannis Cespedes before the winter meetings even got started kind of took some air out of the balloon as far as what could go on at the winter meetings. But Jay Bruce is still a New York Met, so that's something we're going to continue to kind of focus on, I guess, until it's no longer the case. Um, when you look at Bruce, though, let's take it from this angle. There is a ton of outfielders available as far as free agency uh, or trade. Some of them have now come off the board. Dexter Fowler has been signed, uh, but but so many guys are still there. Does that just kind of slow the process as far as the Mets go? Because all the teams they're dealing with have all these other things to consider. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, say you're the Orioles, for example. Uh, you've got a lot of inventory out there to take a look at, and Jay Bruce is certainly one of the pieces that you would consider if you're a team like that once an outfielder. But there's also you know, so many of these other guys. And the dominoes are starting to fall. You're seeing the Dexter Fowlers of the world sign. You're seeing a couple of trades here and there. Um, but I think teams are still kind of in that process where they're looking at everything that's out there. They're looking at all their possibilities. And they're trying to figure out what makes the best sense for them. Um, if there's a place where the Mets erred, and we won't really know until after this is all said and done, I think they did underestimate maybe a little bit uh, just how much outfield inventory was out there, how many different names are out there that teams could go after. Uh, but that doesn't mean the Mets won't be able to trade Jay Bruce. I still think they will. I still think they'll get a decent deal for him because, again, as we've talked about, this is a 29-year-old outfielder with a track record of hitting 30 home runs or close to it just about every year, and, and that's a big deal. Um, so I do think the Mets will be able to get something done. Um, Sandy Ellison has kind of intimated, hey, if we wanted to get something done yesterday, we could have, but the Mets are sitting back they're waiting for the right deals. And if you look at Sandy Ellison's track record, even in situations such as these, uh, where you know he has a player on the block and the whole league knows he's on the block and everyone knows that the Mets do not want to go into 2017 with Jay Bruce on their roster, uh, Sandy Ellison has a pretty decent track record of getting these things done. You go back to his first big deal, the Carlos Beltran trade back in 2012, and very similar situation, a guy who had to go. The Mets wind up getting Zach Wheeler for him, which was a huge haul, and uh, not that this is quite the same caliber of trade, but uh, you know, as far as trades go in general, Sandy's tenure with the Mets, he's done pretty well. If you had to take a guess as far as time frame goes, are we thinking in the next couple of weeks before the new year, or is this something that could drag into January? I would be surprised if it drags into January. I think the Mets very much want to get something done before the holidays. Uh, I think they will. I think, uh, like I said, you're, you're starting to see some of these outfield dominoes fall. You're seeing most of the big names fall, and uh, I think if you had to rank everyone who's left, who's out there on the market, whether it's free agency or trades, uh, Jay Bruce is pretty close to the top of the list. So uh, I do think you're going to see something happen in the next couple of weeks here. And the only thing that would prevent it is if the Mets just still aren't getting an, an offer that they find acceptable. Um, they're not going to get something done before the holidays just for the sake of getting something done before the holidays. They will let it drag into January if they feel that's where the market takes them. Um, but I would be surprised at this point. I, I was a little surprised they didn't get more traction at the winter meetings. I would be very surprised if they don't get a lot of traction on a Jay Bruce trade before Christmas. Sandy Alderson said that uh, they're, they're not going to add pieces more than likely until after Bruce is dealt because they don't want to be stuck with 
in theory, both. You you sign uh, uh, some bullpen help, and then you can't trade Bruce, and then you're on the hook for all of it. Um, that makes sense, but that also puts, I guess, a little more pressure on, on getting a deal done because you don't want all those possible bullpen arms that they could add that you don't want that market to wash up. Yeah, I think a bigger part of that is that that market, the, the specific relief pitcher market that the Mets are looking at, which is kind of those six, seventh-inning guys on one-year deals. So you're getting maybe an older pitcher. Uh, you're getting maybe someone uh, who is coming off injury, someone who for whatever reason would not command a two- or three-year deal. Uh, that market tends to develop in January anyway. So I do think that's a bigger part of it than just the payroll aspect. But look, the, the payroll is important. Uh, the Mets have said, Stan Ellison has said that, well, as we sit here today recording this podcast, the Mets are at about $150 million. Uh, they want to be under that when the season starts. And once they trade Jay Bruce, uh, do they have to take on some salary in that trade or eat some of Jay Bruce's salary? Well, however the deal might shake out, it's going to color their budget for the rest of the winter. They don't know right now exactly how much they have to spend on the bullpen. Uh, it's not going to be a ton either way, but once they get that Jay Bruce deal finally squared away, assuming it is, Bruce who goes, and assuming they can get it done, uh, it will make their budget much clearer, and it will give the Mets a much better sense of just how much they have to spend, just who they can go out and target aggressively in the relief market. So anyone who thinks they're going to trade Bruce and then take that $13 million and spend it elsewhere, that's not going to happen. They'll spend some of it. Yeah. Uh, they will not spend all, all of it. Uh, I think Sandy Ellison has made that clear. Uh, you're probably looking at a payroll that's uh, you know, just a, a smidge north of $140 million going into next year, which uh, would give them a wiggle room of a few million, maybe three to five, six million to spend on relievers, and they could spread that out over one guy or two or three guys. Um, but no, the, the idea that the Mets will trade Jay Bruce will shed that $13 million worth of salary and then plug it all right back into the bullpen, I, I think is uh, not something the team is looking at doing right now. And another thing, you know, we talk about payroll so often with this team. Uh, the Mets look at payroll through a wider scope. They look at it for the balance of the entire team, and uh, they look at what their budget is for 2017 and say, we're not going to spend it all in December 2016, January 2017. We want to save part of that so that we have, if we're in it, the ability to take on salary at the trade deadline. They've done it in years past. Uh, they did it last year with Jay Bruce. They did it the year before with UNSS Cespedes. And uh, it's a flexibility that they like having going into the season. So that is part of the reason why, when they're setting their budget now here going into the year, uh, they'd like to keep a little bit in reserve so that they can go out and make a move if they need it. Uh, Juan Ligaris, some bad news on him. Injured playing in the Dominican Winter League, and I guess he's made the trip here to New York to have the doctors check it out. It's a shoulder issue, which shoulders are never good. Um, I don't think it's considered serious, Anthony, but it's just kind of Juan Ligaris is hurt again, right? Exactly. I, uh, there's not a sense in the mess today that, that it is a serious injury. It should be fine. He should be fine for opening day, but you hit the nail on the head there. This is a a guy who, uh, you know, has been a somewhat important part of the team for a while now, could have been a much more important part of the team. And, and frankly, a large part of that is because he hasn't been able to stay healthy. Uh, he had that hyperextension of his right elbow a couple of years back that wound up uh, really, really hurting his throwing. And such a good throwing arm when he won the gold glove. I mean, that was his game and went essentially a year without being able to throw at all. Uh, he's had other scrapes and bruises. Last year, he missed that time with the 
uh, lacerated thumb tendon that he tried to play through, and, and that didn't work out. So uh, a lot of issues for Juan Magares for, for a relatively young guy, and if he can ever stay on the field and remain on the field, uh, he still has a prominent role with this team. Signed that long-term contract extension a few years ago, still has a couple years left on that, and while he's not the everyday uh, even borderline star outfielder that the Mets hoped he could develop into, uh, he's a useful piece. He still plays gold glove defense. He can still hit lefties a pretty, at a pretty decent clip, and he's still a very valuable guy off the bench coming in late in games, spelling a Curtis Granderson or a Michael Conforto defensively. So the Mets need him to be healthy. They need him to stay healthy, and the fact that he can't get through a winter ball season healthy I think is, is certainly a little bit of a concern. And you mentioned spelling Curtis Granderson, and that's really very important for this team. I mean, you know, Curtis Granderson is probably already going to be playing center field maybe more than ideally, but to have him have to play that much more if you don't have Juan Lagares to step in uh, against different pitchers, that makes it even that much worse, and, and that makes your defense that much worse in front of, behind a great pitching staff. Yeah, absolutely, and, and Curtis Granderson has admitted, you know, uh, he, he said recently when I took over center field for Jonas Cespedes, Late last season, I wasn't sure how my body would, would react to it, how I'd able to handle it. And it wound up being better than he thought, certainly better than the Mets thought he could handle it. But he's going to be 36 now. Uh, he's going into a season in which you're probably looking at Curtis Granderson starting uh, 80, 90 games in center field. That's a lot for a 36-year-old, even, even one in as good of shape as Granderson, even one with as much center field experience as Granderson. So those little, you know, Juan Lagares comes in the seventh inning, subs in uh, with a big lead or even a close game and, and you know takes two innings takes Curtis Granderson off his feet for two innings here two or three times a week that adds up it adds up for a 36 year old I think it's an important part like you said and uh you know Juan Lagares being healthy uh, we really haven't seen it yet and it would be a very nice piece for the Mets to have if we see it in 2017. Hopefully the injury is very minor and he'll be ready to go soon enough. This has been MLB.com Extras, our Mets edition. For Anthony DeComo, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next time. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.